Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Um, it's good seeing all of you. My name is uh, William Reisner, and we're very blessed uh, to be here with y'all today. Please go ahead and introduce yourself. Please let them know. My name's Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? Okay, what do you do? Okay, fine. So, off to a hot start. Uh, but we're very thankful to be here today with you guys. It's a, it is a huge honor and a privilege uh, to be able to to be here. I mean, again, it's a it's just an honor. This is a stage that we haven't built. This is a this is a place that we've we've been a part of, but we haven't put our hands to it like others. And 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 to be here today is a huge honor and a huge blessing. And and my parents, your 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 in laws, or as Daniel Kelly would say, sin laws. <laughs> That's not true. Okay, nothing's landing this morning, so uh, I'm out. But no, just just my my parents have they've worked so hard over the past 10 plus years just to see this place and and it is a huge blessing we really don't take it for granted to be able to be here just the the years that they've that they've labored the the heartbreaks the heartaches the the things that have been said about them that that you guys don't know about but we as a family have all endured together um just the continual just seeking after jesus in those years is a huge huge honor the the people that they are in front of you are amazing the people that they are in private are three times better, honestly. It, the character is incredible. And so I said it. Don't don't giggle. That's true. I, I've seen it with my own eyes. So we're, we're very grateful and very blessed by them. Is there anything you want to add? Yeah, I just, they've said um, a few times, Pastor Eugene has been up here and said they won the lottery. But I will say this on any platform, any setting, but I'm really the one who's won the lottery with the greatest in-laws um, ever. So thank you, Pastor Eugene and Ms. Heidi and Hannah and Hillary, best sisters. Mama and Papa, obviously. <laughs> and I also want to just take a second to honor uh, my dad. He was here the first service. Uh, he's not here right now. Uh, but just to honor my dad and also my grandmother, uh, Miss Connie, or Mommy, as we all know I was, like, I was like, I don't know who Miss Connie is. <laughs> and just... Um, we wouldn't be here without his parents and without the many investments and prayers that people have made in our lives, like my grandmother. And I'd wake up in the morning and she's praying for people and interceding for people. And we're just now, she's seeing the fruit of that. And it's, it, it takes a village, but it's really a spiritual family. And there's many mamas and many grandmothers and many aunts and many sisters and fathers that have invested in our life. And that is the reason that we're really up here today is because of you guys in our spiritual family. So thank y'all. Yes, thank y'all. Thank y'all. Can, can I pray for us and we can get started this morning? If you don't mind bowing your heads with us. Jesus, we thank you so much for today. Lord, thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to be here as a spiritual family. Lord, to share what, what you have to share, Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that you'd be glorified. Jesus, may your name be higher than every other name, Lord. It doesn't matter what church, doesn't matter who's leading it, doesn't matter who we are, God. What matters is that you are centered and that you are lifted higher than every other name. Jesus, may you use us today, Lord, to share your heart. May you use us today, Lord, to, to share what you see. And God, we're just so thankful, Lord, and honored and, and blessed by you, Jesus. It's your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Elizabeth, oh, oh. Um, so we just want to share with you this morning. 
just what we see for this generation. And a prayer of ours for a long time has been, God, break our heart for what breaks yours. And just be prepared if you've ever prayed that, or if you pray that moving forward, that God will answer that prayer. And it is weighty where you really do fill his heart for what he's broken over. And our heart has been breaking for a while now for families and for this next generation coming up. And so we just want to share with you what we see um, for them. And then what is our role? What is our part that we all play in their lives as this next generation comes up? And so the first thing that we see, and it might sound very simple, but we see Jesus in this generation. And there's a verse in Ecclesiastes 3.10. And it says, yet God has made everything beautiful in its time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. And it's easy to look at what's going on in our world. It's easy to look at what's happening in our schools and in our streets. And it's all negative, right? It's, it's doom and gloom. It's violence. And it's these different things. And I've even heard people over the years going, I'm afraid to raise someone up. I'm afraid to start a family and just what they're going to have to walk through. And I'm sure in every decade and in every time in history, parents have been saying, I'm afraid to raise kids in this generation. But I'm just here to encourage you, we don't have to be afraid that God didn't make a mistake with these kids. He didn't make a mistake with us that he's purposeful in everything that he does. And God appointed this generation. He appointed all of us to be alive in this time, in this age, in the city that we live in, in the schools that they're planted in, in the neighborhoods that they live in, that they're not alone, that God is with them. And he didn't make a mistake and he's not caught off guard or by surprise at what's going on in our world. God's the alpha and the omega. He sees the beginning and the end. And he's a generational God. He doesn't just look at what's happening in our day and age right now, but he's looking at what's going to happen hundreds of years from now. It's, it's way beyond us. And it's what we've been hearing all throughout this story or all throughout this series of this is our story and how God doesn't just stop with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He made a covenant. And you've been hearing that word probably a lot recently, that, that covenant. What does that mean? And in, generation, in Genesis 17, it talks about when God is telling Abraham, this is my promise to you. And each time he gave him a little bit more details. And in Genesis 17, he said, this is an everlasting covenant that I'm making with you for generations to come. So it didn't stop. What God promised Jacob didn't stop with him. It's for us today too. And it's for the generation coming up as well. And then the second part of that verse, it says he planted eternity in the human heart. So God is purposeful and appointed this generation at this time, and he also planted eternity in the human heart. And as you've grown up, or maybe even in your adulthood, until you met Jesus, you've maybe gone through some situations and put your hope or your identity in your job or in your family and who they are or in your financial situation or whatever it is, but there's always that longing for more until our identity is found in Jesus. And we've learned through this series that our our identity is not found, it's discovered. And it's discovered in God's word and through learning our stories. And there's that longing for more that God created or placed within us from the moment that we were born. And it's that longing because heaven is our home. Earth is not our home. And there's a story that kind of feels like we've told a hundred times, but it never gets old. And it's the day that we gave our, our kids in kids' church their Bibles. And when we first started as kids' directors and 
How many Bibles do we give out? Over 150. Ooh. I was going to get there. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. It's not your turn to talk. <laughs> <laughs> my, this is my point. This is why we have notes. Um, Just turn my mic off. I don't need this. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I was going to get there. Um, but when we first started out as kids directors, we've had kids as we're telling them, open your Bibles to this chapter and this verse. And many of them came in with storybook Bibles or uh, one kid came in with an encyclopedia Bible that was bigger than her. And, or the font is six points and you, I can't even read it. And so just, they're all good Bibles, but we were like, we want to give our kids something that when we tell them to open to this verse, it's their reading level and it's, it's their own Bible. And so we brought it to Pastor Myron and we're just like, we've got to get these kids Bibles. And because of your generosity, we were able to give out over 150 Bibles to our kids earlier this year. So thank y'all. Thank y'all so much. Um, but we wanted to make that day a really special day. And so we had all the Bibles, we had markers, we were going to write their name and the date that they got them. And so we had them covered throughout the service. So they didn't know what was behind, um, this sheet. And so William's getting up and he, he announces to them, like, guess what? And then they're all like on the edge of their seats. We're like, give, give us a drum roll. And there was a table with like a tablecloth on it. And they all thought that it was a casket. So... I remember that. They're all like, is there a dead body in here? I'm like, there's not a dead body in the room. And they're like, somebody died. I'm like, oh my God. Just continue. Sorry. Fun fact. Stealing my point again. Uh, There's no dead bodies in your point. That was a a fun time. No, it was. And so we pull the sheet back and we tell them. It was a dead body. I'm sorry. (laughs) Someone turn his mic off. I saw it. I had to take it. This is why we have two mics. Um, And so we pull the sheet back and our kids, we tell them these Bibles are for them. And they just start freaking out there. Thank you, Jesus. And we didn't tell them to to praise Jesus. We didn't tell them to thank him. That was in them. And they, five-year-olds are just, I'm I'm so happy. One of our little five-year-old boys, I'm just so full of joy. And I don't know why with tears in his eyes because he got his own Bible. And they were just, thank you, Jesus. Thank, we love our church. And thank you, Mr. William. And thanking our leaders. And he's crying. We're crying on the back. And they were like, why is Mr. William crying? I was tearing up, okay? I was tearing up. And that was full on crying. It was dusty in there. <laughs> and so just that longing, uh, just from the moment that we're, they were created, we didn't have to tell them, though our, our team has modeled gratitude very well to them. And we couldn't do what we do without our kids' team. But that was within them. Eternity was set in their hearts. And there's another example of some of our teenagers uh, just got back, Julian and Melanie and Christopher just got back, and Grace, who was here earlier, from Columbia. I encourage you, send your kids on a mission trip. It'll change their life. And many of them had said, we never prayed over people before until this missions trip. And they would go home to home with a translator and they would pray over this person and their leader would assign them right then and there, okay, so-and-so you need to pray uh, when we walk in this house. And Christopher, who has seen his parents pray for people, intercede for people, meet for people, been a great, great example for their kids and who are now serving in God's house. And he, he saw his mom one time intercede and cast out a demon and he was like, oh, that's, you know, cool. I want to do that one day. It's crazy, but I, I could see myself doing it. No big deal. And yeah, no big deal. And he gets into the, this house and he was assigned to pray for these people. And this woman just was greatly, greatly oppressed, very dark, very heavy when they walked in there. And he just 
no, no hesitation. Just say, okay, give me, where's the anointing all? Someone find it. We've got to anoint this woman's house. We've got to anoint her. And there was no oil, but they found some baby oil. And he said, that's good enough. Give it to me. And so they dispersed it among the team. They're anointing the doorposts. They're praying and intercede, calling down heaven for this lady in this home. And just, they prayed and prayed until something broke. And yeah, it's proud of y'all. So proud of our high school students. And just, they weren't afraid, unashamed, and just going, God knows what he's doing with this generation. And he's equipped them with everything that they need, just like he's equipped you and me with everything that we need to face what we're facing in today's world, to share the gospel, to proclaim Jesus to the world, to those who are broken, to those who are hurting and who need healing. He's equipped them, and he didn't make a mistake for placing them in this time and this age. Right, right. And we think of... We think in, in Matthew 21, Jesus has just the triumphal entry, you know, putting the palm leaves down. He's on the donkey, riding the donkey, he goes into town. Then he goes to the temple. Jesus goes into the temple and they are selling stuff they shouldn't be selling. They're, they're treating it like it's a marketplace. And Jesus starts flipping tables, doing what he does. And then in verse 14, it says, the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. Then the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonders that Jesus did and the children shouting in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David. They were indignant and said to him, do you hear what these children are saying? So children, these children are going crazy in the temple. They're praising Jesus. And all the religious people are like, what in the world is going on? And Jesus replied and he said, yes, have you never read, you have prepared praise from the mouths of infants and nursing babies. Then they left him, went to the city to Bethany and spent the night there. Whenever we have eternity in our hearts, that, that response from those young kids with those Bibles, that was always in them. That, was, that wasn't a, oh, let's teach them. It was always in their hearts. It's always been in their hearts to praise you. It's always been in their hearts to, to glorify God. And in that moment, it was a overflow of gratitude. And their first response was, thank you, Jesus. And I think, like, one of those kids, he was like, I've been praying for this. I've been praying for a Bible. And it's like, well, here you go. And it was just awesome. They're rioting. They're all throwing chairs at one another. They're all like, and they're like, please keep your shirt on. No, like there's one rule, you know, like, no, please. And it's just all these different things. Like, That's not completely true, but. The energy in the room felt like it though. I was like, we were about to have a full on riot. I was like, they're about to go crazy. But those kids were nuts that day. And rightfully so. It was a, it was a big day and they're all running out in the lobby. They all got orange Bibles. I mean, they are blaze orange. So if you see one missing, you, you, you know some, somebody's being bad. But um, it is what it is. But it was a huge joy. The, the second thing we see in this generation is that it's planted in God's house and rooted in his word. One of my favorite passages of scripture is in Psalm 119, verse 9 through 11. And it says, How can a young man or young person keep his way pure? By, seeking your, by keeping your word, I have sought you with all of my heart. Do not let me wander from your commands. I have treasured your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you. And that's what we see in the next generation is, is a generation that is so full of the love of God and a heart to want to be near him and know his word. 
And whenever you don't, whenever you're holding close to God's word, it's hard to steer away because you know what God's word says. If God's word sets us free, then we know, okay, well, there's freedom in it. But whenever we're not in God's word, then there's bondage and there's chains. And so we, we, we want to be tied to God's word. What we see, it really starts with, with nursery. Um, Shana and the team back there, they're crushing it. They're holding babies and they're kicking butt and taking names back there. They are just, they're doing their thing. So if you got a nurse, if you got a child in that age group, please send them back there. Uh, they will be loved, nurtured, and cared for. So, and I remember I was talking with a guy who, he started coming to church and he had sent his uh, daughter in the nursery. And he's like, William, he's like, I knew I needed to come back to church because it was the first time since COVID we've been back. He's like, my daughter for two weeks kept running through the house saying, I love Jesus and Jesus loves me. I love Jesus and Jesus loves me. He's like, she wouldn't stop. Like she's going to school. I love Jesus and Jesus loves me. Like math. I love Jesus. Jesus." He's like, we got to, what's going on here? And he's like, I've realized that nursery has changed our family's life because it's, I love Jesus and Jesus loves me. He's like, we need to be back. And that, and that started a thought process between Elizabeth and I where we're thinking, okay, well, if a, if a child's heart is like the soil, nursery is tilling that soil. It's tilling the soil. I love Jesus and Jesus loves me. We're all here because we love Jesus and, and Jesus loves us. I love Jesus and Jesus loves me. Now, I, we can all say that about ourselves. But that starts at a young age. It's a tilling the soil of their hearts. Then it's in kids' church, you're taking the word of God, which is a seed, and you're planting it in their hearts. Saying, hey, these are the stories, the, the crossing of the Red Sea, the man and the quail, you know, the creation of the world. It's placing that seed in their hearts so they can see God's word and what he's done. And then in junior high, shout out junior high students, it's the watering of the seed. It's the what does a healthy relationship with authority and leadership look like in my life? It's who, who's developing me, who's discipling me, who's walking with me. What does that look like? That becomes a normal part of life. And then high school is the pruning of the branches. It's the, hey, let, we should be doing this. We need to stop doing that because God's word says this, but the world's saying that. And with young adults, it's, it's the bearing fruit. Now it's the reproducing and then they start the whole cycle over again. It, it's, but it all starts with, I love Jesus and Jesus loves me. We were, we're actually having a kid's service um, y'all don't hear about these stories because I don't really know if your five-year-old comes and gives you a report of what happens every Sunday in a uh, kid's church, but we will happily explain. So whenever you're doing creation, um, it was after pickle time, which y'all are like, what the heck is pickle time? So let me explain it. it. They do need to know about pickle time. It's very important. So basically what happened is I... <laughs> I bought these inflatable pickles off of Amazon, and then it just became like a crowd favorite. Like, it's, it, it's, it is a riot. Whenever you bring an inflatable pickle out, they all start chanting, pickles, pickles, and like we have pickles on the screen, and they go nuts. So it was after that. We're talking about creation, um, and we're showing the galaxies and different things like that on the screen, and, and they're all like, ooh, here's the sun. Oh, here's Pluto. Ooh, like they're all just just blown away by the stars and all those things. And we show them the galaxies, but then I tell them, like, well, God created all the galaxies and everything in space, but he's also your father. And it was heartbreaking to see the response because all their eyes got opened and they're all like, like, I have a dad? God's my father? And you're like, dang it, you know? Like, yeah, he is, and, and he loves you. And just of that confirmation of I have a father who loves me, it sparks something in all those kids. And then 
I remember there's a five-year-old, his name is Jace. I don't know if Kimberly, I don't know if you're in here, but Jace is a five, five-year-old, five going on six, and he grabs a microphone from me. Well, during a message, it's like if Pastor Eugene was up here and somebody came up and grabbed the microphone and said, it's my time now. Like that, that's the equivalent. He runs up, grabs the microphone and he's like, I need to tell you about Jesus. Or like, what, <laughs> what is happening here? <laughs> and he goes, he's like, whenever I was four, I used to have really bad nightmares. He's like, but then I, was, I had them for months. He's like, but then I prayed that God would take them away and he's healed me. And then I'm like, and all the kids, and all the kids are like, and we're all like, and like, and P, like, it's start, the Holy Spirit's really starting to move. And then a girl comes up and she's like, she's like, I didn't have any friends. Like, I was very lonely. Probably second, third grade, you think? And she's like, I, I was lonely. I didn't have any friends, but I prayed that God's been giving me friends, like, that I love and they love Jesus. And all the kids are like, wow, let's go. And then, kid, first time there. Here's a first time guest name tag. He, gra- he comes up and grabs a microphone. And I'm like, brother, what are you about to say? Like, <laughs> Like, and he grabs him and he grabs the microphone. He's like, he's like, I'm not good at school. I don't have good grades. He's like, but I've been praying and God has helped me with my schoolwork. Now I have A's and B's. God's helped me and all this different stuff. And, and all, and leaders are crying. I'm like, what in the world? Like we just went Pentecostal in two seconds. Like it's just testimony service. I was like, is that kid running in the back? Like what is happening? Like, like what? Some kids just lay down on the floor. I'm like, what is happening? But <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was just such a special moment because all these kids, like, they're, they're experiencing just the joy of the Lord. We've had junior leaders who they serve every Sunday, and they are leading in worship. They're praying for other kids. They are. Uh, we had one of our leaders, Kylie. She came up. She was praying for somebody, left the girl while she was mid-sentence, and was like, hey, I don't know how to pray for her. What do I do? And I'm like, uh, go be with her. She's like, okay. Runs back, starts praying with the girls crying. She's like, thank you so much. And it's like, She's in fifth grade. Like, I, I wasn't doing that in fifth grade. But they're, they're, they are so quick to, somebody needs prayer, we're going to pray for them right now. If somebody needs something, I'm, I'm going to be with them right then. The first somebody's in there for the first time, they're all like, hey, how's it going? And it's almost overwhelming if you're for, there for the first time because you're like, now I have four best friends and they all want to hang out with me. So it doesn't make any sense. But they're all, it's just so welcoming and so joyful. And it's because it's within them because Jesus has given them that. Jesus has given them that. I think of... Uh, Amrita, or sweet Amrita, she, she's from India. I asked, her to, I asked her to pray for tithe and offering. Tithe and offering, which that's always a spectacle because it's like, what is about to happen? We, we had a kid say the Pledge of Allegiance <laughs> and then just walked off one time. We're like, can you please pray for, pray for the offering? <laughs> I pledge allegiance to the flag. And, we're like, and that's what he stopped. Amen. And then just walked to a seat. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. Have a seat. Anybody else want to actually pray? <laughs> like, uh, and it's like, come on, play up. Like, but then Amrita, Amrita's our prayer warrior. She's what, second grade, third grade, somewhere around there? Somewhere around there. Tithe and offering. Hey, everybody's giving a quarter, nickel, things like that. We ask her to pray. And she did, she's praying. She's like, dear Jesus, we just love you. And as soon as she says that, just, you just felt the Holy Spirit just drop in the room. And, all, I, and I look up just to see how kids' responses are because I'm feeling it. And I'm like, oh, my God, the Lord is in this place. And every kid is looking up and their eyes are just, just bug-eyed. They're all like, what is happening in here? And it was crazy because we were going to go to a message, but then we just ended up going from tithe and offering to, hey, we're going to pray. And so all the kids are praying for the Holy Spirit, all this different stuff. And it's like, 
Tithe and offering led to altar calls. Like, what is going on? Because just because God is moving in these kids. Baptism just happened a couple weeks ago. Every kid that got baptized, Pastor Myron went up to him and was like, why are you getting baptized? And every single one of them said, because I love Jesus and I surrender my life to Jesus and I want to make it known. And it's like, it wasn't because mom said I needed to. It was because I love Jesus. I, I want to do this. And that's, and that's what it's all about. It's not about how many kids we could put in a room. It's about, it's about pointing them to Jesus and loving Jesus because they're going to have that for eternity. So we see, we see in this generation, we see planted in God's house. They want to go to church. They want to be a part. They want to be around. They're also rooted in God's word, knowing that this is what God says about me. This is what he's called me to do. And this is who I am. Amen. So just to add on to that, just to encourage y'all, them being planted, you making it a priority to bring your kids to church and your family, you're planting seeds in them that you're one day going to see and to reap. It's Kendall Shelvin who grew up in kids church and is now serving in kids church and she's attending junior high service and then one day going to be serving in junior high service. And so just encourage you, maybe you don't always see it at home or at school. Maybe the reports don't always come back that great. But we're seeing these lives be transformed by Jesus each and every Sunday. So y'all are, thank you, parents. Y'all are doing a great job. And then the third thing, the last thing that we see is we see you in this generation. And there's a verse in Psalms, and David wrote this psalm, and he started out, if you know his story, as a little shepherd boy. And it was Samuel, someone else, a spiritual dad, if you will, calling out and and speaking these things over God's plan for his life and speaking purpose and identity over him. And he says in this Psalm 22, 29, it says, our children will also serve him. Future generations will hear about the wonders of the Lord. His righteous acts will be told to those not yet born. They will hear about everything he has done. It's important to tell our kids our story. And the story that you've been hearing every Sunday of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Sarah, and all these different stories, that's who we are. But it's also important to share the stories of what you've walked through and the trials and the tribulations that you've walked through because we're relying on your faith, faith that we don't have yet. And we need you to call out what you see, not just in the natural, but in the spiritual and to bring affirmation and go, you are called, you are appointed, you are born for just a time, such a time as this. God didn't make a mistake with you. God has a hopeful plan, a hopeful future for you. And this verse, I just love it so much because David believed, he didn't know that we'd be reading his story in the Bible one day. He didn't know that we would be going back to Psalms over and over again and recounting the things that he had to walk through because they speak so much to us and apply to what we're walking through today. But he believed his testimony of God delivering him would influence later generations of people to trust in the Lord. And my question is, does our testimony and how we live our life and what we say and what we do, does it testify of Jesus? Does it cause our young people to want to follow the same Jesus we proclaim to believe? And about a year ago, uh, I had this picture in my head just during a normal Sunday worship service like we are in here today. And I just saw we were in this room and I saw just this well open up in the middle of the sanctuary. And it just started pouring down rain. And the, the room began to fill with this water and we were just continuing to press in and worship and praise 
and eventually it filled up to the top of the room and then went out into the foyer and it busted through the doors. And then I saw it go into every room in the church from nursery to junior high to kids. It eventually filled the whole church and then it went through the main, our front doors. And then I saw it flow out into streets and specific streets and businesses and, and neighborhoods. And it was just so clear, but it wasn't a water that we were afraid of. It was a stream, a, a living water, if you will. And I would see it touch people and then they weren't dark anymore. They began to get bright and then they would touch another person and then they would get filled up with water and just going the prayers that people have prayed for generations of God bring revival and it's the young men will dream vision, see dreams and the young men will dream dreams and the sons and daughters will prophesy and just going, God, we can't see it in the natural, but we know that you're up to something in this generation. We know that you want to use them for your glory and your honor. And I didn't, I talked to some of our elders about and just something to be praying about. And then I didn't know William, I never told him. And he had a dream very similar just in a time of prayer a couple months ago. Right. Yeah. I was in the kids room praying uh, before we have service on Sundays. I'll go pray for every chair and for the kids and everything. And I saw the same thing. Saw water filling up the room and then it went out of the doors and it went into the, the lobby, went in the sanctuary and just seeing that the Holy Spirit was going to move in our young people and it was going to influence you. There's an influence. Whenever the kids are coming back of, look what God's done in my life, and you're saying, if they're five years old and it can happen to them, I may be 45, but it can happen to me. And, and that, that was the vision that, that we've had, but it does take a spiritual family with the next generation. The pressure can't be on Elizabeth and I only, because that's not how it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a spiritual family working together, saying, you know what, we're going to raise this next generation together. And instead of bullying and, and be, or even babying, you know, the next generation being like, oh, technology and everything how about instead we encourage in our faith? Because honestly, the next generation doesn't need to know what they're doing wrong. They need somebody to rely on whenever their faith is dwindling. Saying, please tell me the stories of what's happened because I want to know for myself. Please help my faith so that we can believe in our own. And with all the available voices nowadays and everything happening uh, today, uh, I know it's easy to judge a young person and say, all they want to do is play video games, stay inside. If I were them, I'd want to be staying inside too with everything going on outside. I don't want to be, hey, I don't want to, I don't want to go out there and do all that. I'm, I'm seeing violence. I'm seeing all the political stuff. We didn't got to get into that. But you see everything that's going on, and it's like it's easier just to stay inside. While you've got them near you, now's the time to share Jesus. Not to belittle, not to say, you need to get in church, you need Jesus, you're messing up. Don't point out the, the pitfalls. Point out the potential and what they have. I, what I see for you is a young man who loves Jesus, who's going to give his life to the ministry. What I see is you, a young woman who, who's committed to missions, who's going to do great things for the kingdom of God. Speak that over them, encourage them, lead them in that because they need you. And we need you to help us in this, please. Because it's not about just Elizabeth and I doing this. It's about us being together as a spiritual family, leading the next generation. Because you've got to think, what, happen, what happens here whenever you go on to your greater destiny? Is it going to be empty chairs or is it going to be the next generation? In the kingdom of heaven, is it just going to end with you and you have to watch your family suffer? Or are you going to say, hey, you know what? Why don't I make a difference here on earth so that we can reap the benefits in heaven? That's what we're about. It's not about the next generation just for the sake of the next generation of churchgoers, but for the next generation of believers, the next generation of pastors, the next generation of missionaries, of kids pastors. We've seen kids who have callings of God and ministry in their lives. I've seen it plenty. We've had for Easter, we had, we had two, two young kids who preached the gospel message for Easter. You want to know why? Because they had it in them. 
We're not withholding the calling of God from them because of their age. We're letting them do it because God has called them. If God has called them, who are we to get in the way of what God's asked them to do? That's why we're here. Regardless of your age, regardless of your background, regardless of wherever you may come from or do, we're here to encourage the next generation to walk in a loving relationship with Jesus Christ. That's all it is. That's all it's about. Am I being close to God's word? Do I know God's word? And am I developing a relationship with Jesus? It doesn't matter. Everything else doesn't matter. It doesn't. If I have a relationship with Jesus, he'll work in our lives. If I have a knowledge of God's word, he'll work in me. He will convict me and we'll move on. And that's why, that's why these camps are so important. That's why we, that's why we're, we make a big deal about them, the, the push for it. Whenever I was in seventh grade, my life was changed forever because I went to a camp where God confirmed the calling of ministry. I'm seeing visions. I'm dreaming dreams. I'm baptizing the Holy Spirit. And I'm in seventh grade. And I'm like, I don't know what any of this is. But then I had people in my life who took me aside and said, hey, this is what this, me- this, is what this means. You are all that for somebody else. We need you. We need you. The next generation needs us. We're a spiritual family. We work together. Amen. Amen. If you don't mind, I'm going to pray for us. Jesus, I pray right now, Father God, that we just feel the weight of the calling of this of next generation, Lord. Not, not the feeling of it all has to be done by us, but God, may we rely on you to give us the words, Lord. May, may we see things as you see them, God. May you give us a heart and a passion, Lord, for who's next and what's next. It's not about us. It's not about our name. It's not about attaching people to what we've done. But Lord, it's about expanding the kingdom and bringing those kids and these students home to you, Jesus. It's about developing a relationship with you, Lord, that sees you, Jesus, that sees your word and lives accordingly, God. I pray for a blessing over every single person in this room, Father God. May they feel the weight, Lord, of what you're asking for this next generation. It's not about us, but it's about, it's about discipling those who will come to know you. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. We honor you, Lord. It's your name we pray. Amen. Amen.